0: Welcome to the Anthem Church Podcast. Our desire is to transform lives through authentic experiences with God and with people. This message is brought to you from Anthem Church in Fairview, Oregon. We pray you are encouraged, inspired, and strengthened through the teaching and preaching of God's Word. Today, I'm so glad you're joining us. And again, I just want to just encourage you with this word today. And I want to talk to you about something that's really very dear to my heart, and that's our kids. I mean, our kids are growing up in a world that is so different than the one that we grew up in. And the rapid change of culture... uh, and the aggressive growth of, of the, an aggressive agenda of anti-Christian secularists is really producing an, an environment like we've never seen before. Uh, now, the world has seen evil in the past. I mean, we, you know, people sacrifice their babies to the pagan god Moloch. I mean, and, and we're not doing that, but I don't know, maybe we're getting close with some of the things that go on and I'm not going to name it. But we are—we have a culture that, that wants to define who your children are and a culture that wants to guide them in the process. But the truth is, we don't want culture to define who our kids are. We want to let God define who they are. We want the truth of Scripture to guide them and lead them as they discover their true identity in Christ, come on, and in life. Amen? And that's what brings me to... Our key Bible verse today, look at it with me in Nehemiah chapter 4. Now, let me give you a little backstory here. Nehemiah has returned to Jerusalem, and he has found the place a wreck, and his heart is just broken. And he begins to rebuild the walls around the city and the the local enemies of the people of God, they get upset about it. And so they begin to prepare to attack the city where the wall is not quite finished. So Nehemiah, he calls the people together and he calls them to readiness and he stirs their heart to stand in the gap and to fight for the ones that they love. Let's read it. It says this in Nehemiah 4:14. 4, After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight for your families, your sons, and your daughters, your wives, and your homes. I think that's so powerful. You see, as the people of God, we're going to have to fight for our families, for our homes, for our children, for our sons and daughters. And the big question is, how do we do that? How do we fight for our families? Well, you know, as a dad, I was okay at fighting for my kids, and I, I did, you know? But now that I have eight grandchildren and a ninth on the way, and I'm trying to, you know, offer money so I can, you know, one of them will have a tenth and I can get into double digits. Come on, kids, let's go. <laughs> but as I'm, you know, as my grandkids are, are, are going to grow up in this generation, I'm even more ready to get into the battle for our kids' future. I mean, we cannot sit passively back and let culture have its way. We need a strategy, a winning strategy, a way to fight biblically this battle. Come on, are you with me this morning? This current generation, let's talk about it for a, a little bit. The generation Z, they are between the ages of four and 24. They were born between 1995 up to 2015. And the truth is there are about 74 million Zers in our, in America right now. That's, uh, and, and across the earth, One out of four people on the earth are of this generation. And according to research, 60% of Generation Z who grow up in Christian churches are walking away from their faith. That's two out of three that are leaving the church. These are kids that spend a minimum of four hours a day in front of a, a screen and only 3% 3% of them actually spend time reading the Bible. And that's happened on our watch. Now, that, that's a hard pill to swallow. And, and talking about woke, you know, so how do we step into this battle and win it? It just means that we have to do the best job possible with our kids. We have to be determined to get wisdom, to be innovative and develop a strategy that'll capture their attention when it comes to their faith in Christ, and we know that this generation is a little different from the millennials, but they're very similar in some ways, uh, but they, are, they, they prefer conversation, not information. They're, they're willing to accept hard truths. They don't mind hard truths. They just don't want a pat-easy answer, and they long for relationship, not religion. And that's really a good thing because God is all about relationships. So when I think about this and how do we develop the a strategy to reach this generation, I think about that it has to start with Jesus. So as I was looking at, okay, what do we know about Jesus and how he grew up and how he was trained? Well, there's not a lot of scriptures That tell us what Jesus' childhood was like. In fact, we get very little from the Bible about those years when it comes to him. But we do get one verse that I think is very significant. And in some ways, it really points us to a very good strategy when it comes to our kids something that we can use for their future as we work to develop it. And let's read it in Luke two fifty two as we battle for our kids. It says, and Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. There are four key things about growth in this scripture, how Jesus grew. And I think that's important for us to, to capture these four things. And and here was the first one. Jesus grew in wisdom. We know that kids are going to grow up. They're destined to grow. How they're going to grow, this is the strategy. We want them to grow in wisdom. And this is just not intellectual wisdom or knowledge wisdom. But Jesus grew in wisdom beyond that. Jesus was growing in wisdom that was from above. And we need to invest in our kids to help get the wisdom that's from above. We need to be actively guarding the minds of our kids, not just letting anything come into their heads. They need the word of God. They need to, the, the house of God. They need to be coming to church and, and, and learning about the, the scriptures, the Word of God, getting wisdom from, from, from mentors and, 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 um, and good teachers, reading the Bible, memorizing the Word of God, because they need to know that this is the source of their lives. Secondly, Jesus not only grew in wisdom, but he grew in stature, and that's just not physical stature. It's way beyond growing up physically. It's more about the development of character and convictions. Stature is helping them to develop good disciplines in their lives. And we can do that. Disciplines like attending church every Sunday, developing the fruits of the Spirit, learning how to be quiet and patient, learning how to worship God and how to pray and how to sing and how to use instruments to glorify God. These are all so important in the development of a child. And then Jesus also grew in favor with God. And that's spiritual growth. He was, he and can I tell you the one thing that will really brings the favor of God more than anything else is us discovering and helping them to discover their divine purpose, Nothing brings the favor of God more quickly than than discovering your God-given purpose and then living it out. Because that's the place that brings so much favor and it brings so much joy and it brings so much peace. And I promise you, when you are living in the divine purpose that God has created for you, nothing is better. It's a sweet spot of life. And, and that's why we need to help every, every child, every person, every young adult, every teenager, everyone find out their divine purpose and what God has put them on earth for. And that's why it's a part of our growth track here at Anthem and in every ARC church. And in fact, in any life-giving church, you will find that they have a track to discover your God-given purpose. And we want every child to do that. And so Jesus grew in those things. He grew in wisdom. He grew in stature. He grew in favor with God. And the fourth thing is he grew in favor with man. And here's what this is all about. This is about growing them up socially. And this is about the kind of friends that they develop. And who they hang out with and where those friends come from. And we need to be about helping them choose the right kind of friends. We need to be involved in the development of those friendships and the ones that are growing to help them find and keep the right Kind of friends. Because let me tell you, you show me somebody their friends, and I'll show you where they're heading for, uh, what their future looks like. And it's so important that their friends share their values and their faith in God. And that's why it's so important, I believe, to keep your kids and your teens and young adults involved in a church, in the community of faith, because that's where they're going to, the more they see their Christian friends and build lifelong relationships with, with, with Christian friends and have people to hang out with and do life with, listen, the less likely they are going to be influenced by current cultural ideals. So Listen, I know we're not meeting at the church right now and giving your kids an opportunity to enjoy a faith gathering with their peers, but what you do have is a great opportunity. I mean, uh, our, our children's ministry leader, Tara, is, is and her team are putting together a great program every week, and you can go to the website and watch it with your kids and talk about it and have some great quality time and fun together. I want to really encourage you to do that. Now, now, listen, I want to shift gears a little bit here and talk to you about what we can do to bless our kids and our children. How many of you remember what Jesus did when, when, when children were brought to him? Jesus wasn't married. He had no earthly children. However, what we do know is that he did some things when children were brought to him. So let's look at it. In Mark chapter 10, we're going to look at verse 13 through 16. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. And when Jesus saw what was happening or saw this, he was indignant. And he said to them, let the little children come to me. And do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And then verse 16, the one I really want you to look at. And he took the children in his arms and he placed his hands on them and he blessed them. He blessed them. I think this is so important. The disciples were trying to keep the kids away from Jesus, but he wanted them to come close to him. And he took them in his arms and he held them close, and he blessed them. Now, what does it mean to bless? Well, the Hebrew word for bless means to speak well over. I want you to hear that. The word, the, the, the meaning of to bless is to speak well over. And all of us can speak well over words of blessing over our kids and young people all the ones that god has put in our lives we can get in the habit of speaking well over them and i want to give you six words that you can speak over those you love and those god brings into your life and and i believe that they will release life-giving transformational power in the kids and the young adults and the teenagers and in your family, and in your world. I know that these six words will work. There's six words to transform your word, your family, and world. Because, listen, words have the potential to change the destiny in your future. I mean, the Bible says that we create with our words. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And we know that God used words to create the world. And we create. The worlds we want to live in with our words, words also. James says that the church can set on fire the course of our lives. Now listen, I know you that we just celebrated Fourth of July yesterday. I hope you had a great time. But do you know how hard it is to stop a fuse once you light it? And that's what the power of words has over a future. It sets on fire the course of that life. So None of you tried to stop a fuse last night when it's amen. Come on, so here are six words to bless the people in your world with, and here's the first: the first is a word of praise. Proverbs 25:11 says, A word spoken at the right time is like gold apples in silver settings. You know, words are of praise are words that highlight the best of who people are, their best qualities. I mean, don't tell them who they're not. Tell them who they are in Jesus. Tell them they're beautiful. Tell them they're valuable, worthy, and loved. Come on, amen? Look for the opportunity to really heap praise on them, even if it's for the smallest thing. Everyone responds well when we, when we speak well of them. When we speak, uh, when we find something that's good that they're and we highlight, here's a word of blessing, okay? It's a word of thanks. Just say thank you. You know, find things to be thankful for and tell them. Look at this verse in Psalm 127, verse 3. It says this, children are, g- uh, whoops, the next one here, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. If children are a, a, a gift from the Lord, don't you say thank you for gifts? And that's why it's so important for you to be thankful for your kids, to be thankful tell- you are for them, to be speaking thankfulness to their to their lives and to their their uh, to them, and uh, making sure that they hear you say that you thank God for them. So, I mean, listen, say thank you to the people in your life. Tell your spouse. Thank you for making dinner, for for the little things that they do, for the laundry, for the dishes, for cleaning. Be thankful. The Bible says in everything give thanks, and that just means saying thank you often and, and many times. Make it a habit to continually be thankful for even the difficult people in your life, and God will use it to make them your favorite. You know, Lisa knows that when I'm studying and, and I get in the midst of writing a message, you know, it, you know she knows that. To to she keeps the kids away, she keeps the grandkids away, and and so I can focus and I can study. And but occasionally she has to ask me a question, something and so she'll just come and knock on the door and stick her head in, and she says, "I, I don't mean to bother you, but but uh, I just had this question, and and uh, you know sometimes she thinks I might be upset. Well the you know, sometimes I just say, Well, you know, let me finish what I'm doing. But I stopped and I just said, You know what, honey? I'm just so thankful that you, that you said yes, that you married me. And we've had such a wonderful life together. And I'm so thankful for that. Well, listen, it was good at the Bukowski house that day. Oh, amen. Uh, so uh, make a habit of being thankful. Come on, amen. Here's a third word a third word of blessing it's a word of affection. And this is simply saying, I love you. Saying I love you. Saying it to your kids, to your, your family over and over again. Listen, don't be like the guy whose wife came to him and said, don't you love me anymore? And, and, and he replied, you know, why do you ask me that? And she said, well, because you never say you love me. And, and he responded, well, I told you that I loved you when I married you. And if I change my mind, I'll let you know. Well, <laughs> listen. Don't be that guy, okay? That's not the way to do it. Say I love you often. And when someone says uh, they love you, say it back to them. Uh, and, you know, I had a hard time with this. I really did. I hard to, uh, Because we really didn't say I love you in the family, in my family, when I was growing up. And um, I had to learn how to say I love you. And and it was really difficult. It was like it gets... My mouth and I, yeah, I love you. You know, it's like I was saying it with sticky taffy in my mouth or something. But 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 the more I said it, the easier it became. And when I saw the results of saying "I love you," then it became even easier. And I mean, check out this 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 scripture in Matthew chapter three, and and I think it's it's so wonderful because it's you know in the in the in the scriptures we don't get an off, we don't get a chance very often to to get involved in a conversation that Jesus had with his father you know i know they talked every day jesus would pray talk to his father but there, but we, don't, we didn't hear much about it in Scripture. There's only two places, really, that the Holy Spirit, you know, inspired the men who, who wrote the Scriptures to, to talk about it. And this is one of them in Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. It says, As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said this, said, this is my son whom i love with him i am well pleased now i love this look at the words his father spoke over him this is my son that's acceptance whom i love that is affection and with whom i am well pleased that's a word of affirmation what a great example to follow acceptance affection and affirmation I mean, when we speak those th- words over the people in our family, listen. When we speak them over our job in our world, it changes lives. Somebody say "Amen" out there. Come on. So we have to speak words of affection. All right. Here's the here's the fourth word of blessing is a word of encouragement. Ephesians four twenty nine says, "Do not let any unwholesome word." talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up. If it's not helpful to build others up, it isn't worth saying. According to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Come on, are you following? Encouragement is building others up, believing in them, and letting them know with your words that you believe in them, and that you are encouraging them that they can do it bryce our our son uh, left for boot camp this past week, and God brought Bryce into our lives i mean i, I mean w- what an amazing miracle this young man is and you know until he, he left and we were texting him on the plane and as he traveled and it, and, and and until we couldn't couldn't get any more texts to him. We just flooded his phone with encouraging texts. You can do this. This will be the best time of your life. And, you know, he's in territory he's never been before. But, you know, he has heard these words. And he said his last text to us was, you know what? I believe I can do this. And I've got to keep telling myself that I can. And he's hearing in his ears the words of encouragement that he has received for, for for many years, coming to, to fruition and working in his heart. Amen. Are you following? Okay, let's go on to the fifth word of blessing. It's a word of kindness. Proverbs 15.1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. Amen. Kindness. A word of kindness. I mean, this topic probably needs a whole series Uh, I mean, all you have to do is look at social media lately, right? Yikes. Uh, Listen, can I just, you know, this is my thought on this, all right? Listen, you, we all have a right to our own opinion, and you have a right to your opinion, uh, your opinion, but you don't have to be mean about it okay? When you give your opinion, right? I mean, I hear, I'm so tired of hearing or reading someone say, I'm just going to go off here, right? What good's it going to do? Don't be mean about it. Share your opinion. It's not excuse for meanness. Hello. Look at this verse again. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh words, or going off, stirs up anger. And See, look at, you know, a gentle answer. Kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. It's a fruit of the Spirit of God. And when we're full of kindness, it's a mark that we are full of God. So speak words of kindness over your world. And finally, and I think this is probably the best word of blessing you can speak, is a word of prayer. You know, we need to pray for this generation. We need to pray for our kids. We need to pray for the young adults and teenagers in this generation. And and I love that Mary and Joseph, the, the, the caregivers of our Savior Jesus, they took him to the temple to be dedicated as a baby. Now, we dedicate babies. We don't baptize babies, but we dedicate babies because we're following the example of Mary and Joseph taking Jesus to be dedicated. And it's something that we should all do with all of our kids. And listen, we should dedicate them to the Lord every day in prayer. And, but during that time, in the temple, there was a priest named Simeon. And Simeon takes the child, the baby Jesus, in his arm, and he blessed him, and he blessed them. And he spoke over all of them. And this is what he said of, the, of Jesus. Look at it in Luke 234 It says, "Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined." And I love that. I stopped it right there because I want you to re- re- remember that your child has a destiny. Every teenager, every young adult, every person in your world has a destiny, a destiny from God that is so marvelous so wonderful and so important that they that they get to and that should be our prayer for them that they would reach their destiny that that we can speak words of destiny and prayer over our ch- children and over everyone come on are you with me let's speak words of blessing over the people in our lives let's speak well over them let's speak a word of praise in, when it's right, a word of thanksgiving in the right moment, a word of affection when it, 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 all, all the time, a word of encouragement, a word of kindness, a word of prayer. Listen, that's gonna change the world. That's gonna stir up the heart of your family. And we can do that. And we can make our homes a better place. And we can make our church a better place. And we can make our job sites a better place when we speak. Words of blessing and pray destiny and blessing over our 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 world. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We are located at 1415 Northeast 223rd Avenue in Fairview, Oregon. You can find us online at ww.anthemfamily.org and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at My Anthem Family. God bless.